you walk in every situation and you dominate the situation by by directing the situation to what you want it to be and being yourself, correct? Yeah, and, and sometimes you miss, but but you miss on your own terms. He is an incredibly powerful and influential speaker. He is the expert on persuasion and influence. Michael Burnoff. Michael Burnoff. So Michael Burnoff. Please welcome Michael Burnoff. Prepare to have your mind blown. Michael Burnoff. All right, everybody, welcome to the Average Suck Show. Michael Burnoff here, and I'm super excited about this episode in particular. And the biggest reason why is typically we work with business owners and people out there in the world that are looking to get themselves out there, looking to take the next step. And every day, day in, day out, you're playing the part of being the person that you really, really want to be, sharing your message with people, getting out there and sharing what's possible in the world. And I figured, you know, on the show, we've had incredible human beings that we've had the opportunity to interview. And I always thought it'd be interesting to understand the world of acting, the world of Hollywood, the world of what's out there about sharing yourself as the message, not even just your business, not even your product, but pitching yourself day in, day out. It's no different than being in the business world, but it's actually even harder. So I had an opportunity to connect with, through a friend, an incredible human being. He's got a story you you couldn't believe. We were talking earlier stuff with Ray Liotta. We were talking about Marty McSorley with hockey. We were talking about incredible stuff that's going on in LA. But what's awesome about this gentleman is he has been the ins and outs of the industry, been on some incredible shows, but most importantly, he's been through the toughest, the most challenging things that all actors deal with, the part of the audition, something that all of us need to get good at, whether you're hiring people, whether you're hiring yourself on a day-to-day basis. So I'm going to bring on my friend and an incredible human being, Brendan Wentworth, here today, and he is going to share with us a little bit more about what it's like to make it in Hollywood, to get out there and do things, make it happen. Most importantly, getting through that process, something all of us need to get great at. So my man, welcome. And I'm super excited you're here. That's the official introduction to the Average Suck Show. And it seems to me like you have an above average life right now. You get a big smile on your face. I can see from ear to ear. Is that like standard as an actor? The, do you naturally have that? No, this is this, this smile is I, I'm just a very fortunate person. And, and to be able to do what I'm doing after all these years, uh, it, it's real. You know, and uh, I'm just, uh, thanks for having me on the show. And I love your show, by the way. So. I, I, pre- I appreciate that. And I asked in advance, like, have you watched it? And like, you gave the real answer. I, I watched four shows and listened to it. And the fact that you're a hockey fan yeah. gives you a double win. I don't know about the Bruins out there. I'm a Rangers fan, but uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll work on that one. So bottom line is, um, how long have you been in the acting business? She's um, over 30 years now. You know, okay. Did you I, wake I, up? Did you wake up one day like and just say, I want to be an actor? Or? No, actually, I was a terrible student. I- I'll tell you, uh, the true story is my SAT scores came in the mail, and my father had planned a trip. We were going to go out to Ohio and check out Denison, Ohio Wesley, and all these schools. The scores came in the mail. My father canceled the trip. He said, there's no way you're getting into college. Um, <laughs> Thanks for motivating me, Dad. <laughs> right. And uh, so I went to school that day and everyone's like, what, what are you doing here? I thought you were going to Ohio. I'm like, oh, my dad had a business meeting. You know, I was embarrassed. Uh, turns out the director of admissions from Wittenberg was at my prep school that day. And so my guidance counselor put me with Ken Benny and said, take him around the school. So uh, Ken is asking me all these questions. And I, I, my father said to, to see the military recruiter at the end of the day. You know, Wow. So, so I was just honest with Ken. He's like, did you, did you study? And I said, uh, actually, I brought my books home every night with the intention of studying. I just, I never got around to it. 
And he was just in shock with my honesty. And it was because I didn't think I was really going anywhere. At the end of the day, he said, hey, I'm going to give you a chance to go to Wittenberg. I just I hope that you'll you'll prove me right. And uh, I couldn't believe it. So when I got home from school that day, my father actually had tears in his eyes. He knew he made a mistake. And he said, I love you. It's, it's not your fault. You're stupid. Uh, and, and, I, and I said, hey, dad, don't worry about it. It's amazing the motivation. My parents, my parents never said things like that exactly, but it's amazing the motivation they have. I said, dad, don't worry about it. I got into school today anyways. And that, that was it. I went to Wittenberg. I love it. I love it. So you went from Wittenberg. You're in college. What, what, like, that's about 18 years old. You said you've been acting about 30 years. That would be about yeah, that time. Uh, so, so basically, I started acting in high school as uh, extracurricular activities to try and get into college. And uh, it was the only thing that I could compare to sports. Like my, my adrenaline would get kicked up. I mean, you start performing in front of people. You get nervous in front of people. I still get nervous uh, on stage. I'll get in front of 10,000 people. I still get a little bit of a rush. A hundred percent. You know, it, still to this day, I do. It's just how you manage it and how you bring it into the room, you know? And, and uh, you know, that's, that's part of one of the things for auditioning is like, it never goes away. You know, you're sitting out in that hallway. You're like, oh, here we go. So you're uh, telling me everybody has, it doesn't matter how much we look up to them. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I mean, for me, it's still there every time, you know? Got it. Got it. So you started acting then, and then how did you finish college? Uh, I did finish college. I actually went an extra year. I went five years. <laughs> okay, I did too. Uh, um, so, and I went back, I had, I had another year of eligibility in lacrosse. So I had, I didn't pass this foreign language competency thing. So after my father had paid for prep school, then for college, he drives 18 hours with my mother and I got to tell him I'm not graduating. He was, he was not happy. Yeah. And, and that's when the, they realized I probably had a drinking problem at that point too, you know? So I just remember leaving Wittenberg before graduation ceremonies and, and driving back in the car and my mother was crying and my father's, you know, no one was speaking. And, so never uh, graduated? Uh, no, I went back and, and, and uh, took another term. Uh, Got took it. Spanish class and played a, a lacrosse, uh, waited a whole spring term and I had worked construction that whole time and I had money. It was great. It was, it was a wonderful time. So. Got it. And so then how, how did you, how did you get to LA? Cause I was looking at your uh, IMBD and I saw you were on some cool shows and did some great stuff. How'd you get to LA? Cause it's not like recruiting people in Wittenberg. No, so so my best friend went, went to Yale, and he was he was already in Manhattan Beach. Just say it again. That's cool. My best friend went to Yale. It's always just fun throwing it out there. My best <laughs> friend, no, you don't say like my best friend went to um, my best friend went to the College of Arkansas. Like my best friend went to Yale. We both were playing lacrosse on a team down there, and uh, the team that I played for, there were so many guys that were in the industry on the team on the lacrosse team. So how do you how do you get that? Like we talk cold calling. So I think business, right? And business, the cold call is like, how do I get on the phone with uh, Warren Buffett? How do I get on the phone with, um, I'll give an example, like how do I get on the phone with, uh, you know, somebody from Citibank to sell them a product? How do I get on the phone with this bigwig? Goodwill hunting, you know it's going to be good. You know who's involved. Well, maybe back then you didn't know that because those, those boys were young. But like, let's just say there's a casting call for something like that. How do you find out about it? How do you know? Like, how does that network work? So it's like, even if you don't get it, and then I want to talk to you about this audition process because we're all auditioning for the part of our lives, right? To be ourselves. But like, how do you get that? How does that work? Explain that to me. Because I don't, I mean, I'm an, in, I'm an inside guy and I had to get on the inside. 15,000 people at Oprah's thing and I'm backstage with 100 people. I get it. I know how to get in the green room. Yeah, but- 
it's, how do you do it, it? It's changed so much from 20 years ago that like if it, even if we'd be wasting time if I told you how I did it. But before it was a headshot and you'd write a personal letter and you would send it to the casting directors and then you would wait. And, and that was and, old school. That was 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah. 2020, 2021. What do they do now? Now that you have social media, now you can actually post your own stuff. Um, you, you can follow every casting director in town. Um, and just out of curiosity, sometimes you, they'll click on your stuff and they'll, they'll check it out. And uh, um, if you're a new actor out there, the, the trades deadline is, is always coming, telling you in advance what, what's been bought and sold and what's coming down the pike. And um, there's usually a history with casting directors and who they work with and certain directors. Right. Um, so it, it's really just staying aware of uh, the, the trades and, and uh, um, it is a who you know business too, you know, and, uh, but, but there are people that know people that you'll, you would never know, you know, unless they know you're an actor or I said, Hey, Michael, I got a guy I would like you to meet. You just, you just don't know. Life is full of, um, chance or you might want to call it coincidences. I don't, I think actually, uh, everything happens for a reason and we're all on time. And, and so, uh, we may not like our schedule, but we're on time. Yeah. What that, what's that old statement they said back in the day? If you want to make God laugh, tell, tell God your plans. Because yes, um, exactly. it, it's, rid- it's ridiculous how that works. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Like you've been at this a while, harder, easier. Because I would say business-wise for me, easier back in the old days. There was less competition. There was no that Justin Bieber effect that like all one thing has to happen is that, um, why can't I not think of his name right now? I met it. Uh, why can't I think of Bieber's agent? Um, uh, Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun. Yeah. I was thinking I could, I remember I met, met him at, a, at an event and he's talking about it oh they found him online then everybody's going to be famous and everybody's making an instagram account to be online back 20 years ago it was like you got the courage to write the letter you got the courage to send a headshot nobody has the courage to do that it's complicated it's hard less competition do you think it's harder now um i do i think i think what happened was uh the idea of being a movie star and, 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 you know, there's no really respect for the craft. A lot of people come out here, they're good looking people and they think that, you know, that's the key ingredient to becoming a successful actor. And so they don't, wouldn't it be nice if it was that easy. Right. Right. So, so the system gets clogged up with everyone who wants to try it. And, and, you know, LA is full of people that come here for a couple of years and then leave, you know, and uh, um, back in the day, if you write a passionate letter, handwritten and someone, someone will read it, you know, and uh, I I, I just, I don't even think kids write anymore. It's all, you know, so uh, that's what I did. But the first guy that had me in was, uh, I just sent my picture and resume to, to the head of casting at, at, uh, at Fox and he, he he read it and called me in next thing you know, I was down in uh, at the studio a lot, you know, and and what was your first show? uh, The first show I I was uh, a stand in on, uh, uh, it was a, a show for Fox. It was called 13 Bourbon Street. Uh, okay. And one of the stars of the show is now a star in the deputy, Brian uh, Van Holt. Okay. Um, but I, I started as a stand-in, and by the end of it, I ended up getting a role. And uh, it was, and I, I, I remember because the, the guy I was standing in for was playing a detective, and he had to do these tricks with the yo-yo. And at Wittenberg, I was in a fraternity that- Which that one were you in? Uh, ATO, Alpha Tau okay. Omega. And, yeah. and one of the things you had to carry, a dip in your pocket, a yo-yo, stamps, and change, you know? So uh, you never know when a brother would come by to haze you and make you do a couple yo-yo tricks. So here I was on, on set doing these yo-yo tricks, and the, the star couldn't do anything with the yo-yo, you know? And uh, he ended up not liking me. 
I ended up getting fired for being his stand-up. And a guy by the name of Michael Park, who's a great Broadway uh, actor, has been on a soap for years. He hired me because he was a lacrosse guy. And I was yep. his stand-in. And by the end of the, the show, I ended up getting a part. And the show didn't get picked up. But I, I was able to get a really good agent in New York. And then I ended up on The Guiding Light from there. And, wow. Uh, that's a great story. So lacrosse connection, guiding light, if you think about it. So you wouldn't have all those practices your parents drove you to when you were a kid paid off. That's right. I have six brothers and sisters. And my mother said she spent her entire life in a station wagon driving us to sporting events. Yep. I didn't know that until I had kids how much I spent at the rink. Now my daughter's a figure skater. And like I literally live at the rink. My parents lived at the rink playing hockey when I was a kid. And I literally I live there now. So, okay. So, great. So, you're, so let me, let me, let my, me mother, my mother's a saying I love her very much, mom. I had a great piece of advice from Ray Liotta, who, who yep. owned a, a, a good guy. He's a great guy. I'm a Goodfellas guy, man. I'm a Jersey boy. He's so a great guy. So I had a bunch of buddies that owned Goodfellas on Melrose, and yep. they didn't have they didn't really have the rights to to have the name or any of the memorabilia they had. And, yep. and uh, I was at that point I was still drinking, so I was having a couple beers with my my buddies that owned the place. And Ray walked in, and he's like, "How the fuck did you guys get this going?" You know, and uh, they all got quiet. You know, and I told Ray I was an actor. He, he, he was super nice. He goes, whoa, you're a good looking guy. How come you're not working? I've never seen you. And I, I didn't know what to say to him. And, and uh, he, he started talking about the auditioning process. And uh, he's like, listen, man, you only get a chance to be the director in an audition. So you got to go in there. Don't smile. Don't say hello. Go in there and do what you want to do. Not what they want to do. Not what they th- you think they want to do. You do what you want to do. You be the director. You walk out of there and that's it. On to the next one. And I think as soon as I started doing that, it made a profound difference. And, and you know, I could walk out of that, that audition and be like, yeah, well, you know, I did what I want, like Ray said, and, and, and that's it. You can move on. You don't sit there by the phone. You don't say, oh, man, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. You leave it in the room. And I think it's the only way you can kind of keep sane is that, like, you're the director for that little opportunity you have. So, mm. uh, just give it your all and, and, and so you'd that say that secret that you said earlier about uh, Ray Liotta, be the director, you got to walk in in life. I, I, years ago, I wanted to write a book and I, I the book was going to be called directing your life. And it's like every parts available, the director, the casting crew, the man holding spear and back, do you know what I'm saying? And it's all available. And I realized like, if you direct the lighting, if you direct the scene, if you direct how you're going to show up and how you choose to be, how they're going to think what's going to go on. It's an interesting way to, to think about it. I mean, I never got around to writing it. It just was a thought that came in my brain like anybody with ADD. But bottom line is what Ray said to you and what you're living by is that you walk in every situation and you dominate the situation by, by directing the situation to what you want it to be and being yourself, correct? Yeah, and, and sometimes you miss, but, but you miss on your own terms. Um, and, and so you're all right with it, you know, and now today auditioning is most of it is at home self taping, you know, so, uh, as an actor going into the rooms was like exhilarating, you know, you had one shot to nail it. Now everyone who's an actor can spend their entire day self taping. It would drive me nuts. I, I'm a, I'm a, what they, what they come up with? I think a method actor. What, what the, what'd you guys call me? You guys call me a special, what's a kind where you have to like be in the zone for it? Is it method? No, that's method acting. Yeah. So they're like, dude, you have to, cause they want me to videotape things sometimes. Like they'll ask me, Hey, can you say this? I'm like, dude, I don't feel like saying that. So I'm just not going to do it. Like I literally am have to be in the mode. You need me to be sad. I got to make myself sad. You got to make me. So I recognize like, I don't like to fake it. I'm one of those people that would be very bad at like playing a part other than me. It feels awkward and weird. So I see where 
if you think that way, you have to like literally get in the zone of owning that character. Like it's almost like a police officer owning the, uh, the serial killer. Do you know what I mean? Getting in the, getting in their mind. And if you're up in your head, get, get in direction while something's happening, you're not in the scene. You're not present for the scene. So like if, if you're searching for a line, it pulls you away from the actual scene. So, uh, you know that as an actor. So I'm like, oh man, I'm up in my head right now. And you're like, I got to get back to, to what's going on. The action State management. Yeah. Yep. So you walk in, you walk into an audition. Walk, walk me through this. What is the mindset that you have when you're walking in? I know you said be the director, but what, what does that mean to you? Like, I know what Ray Liotta said that to you. And he basically said, you be the director. What does that actually mean? I know easily you can meme that and put on Facebook, be the director of your life. I get it. But what does that actually mean? Like, give me the step-by-step process. I mean, how does Brendan do that? Okay. So one of the advantages most foreign actors have is they have a system in place. They've all been classically trained. They know exactly what they do. They have the steps to do it. Most American actors are trying to figure that out, you know, and and there's no system. There's a million different techniques that you can learn. Meisner, all these things, they just confuse you really. So uh, when you you know that you're delivering a message. The writer writes the, the, the piece and everything he, he puts into this has meaning. So you can't just throw lines away and you have to send a message and, and you have to connect with the other person. A lot of times you walk into these, these, these rooms, you're in a folding chair, none of it's taking place. You know, and uh, we call these situational auditions where, you know, for like a, a 911 on Fox or whatever, where the room starts filling up with water and you're, you're, yep. you're giving your last lines. I mean, it's so ridiculous uh, when you're there trying to pull this off in front of people. And uh, unless you know how to tap into this is really happening, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's what I said. You've you got to live the experience, you know, this, th- th- there's just there's not enough fulfillment in an actor's career until they figure out how to do that. So, um, you know, to actually put yourself in that situation and feel it and have the experience during this audition is the only reward you're getting out of the whole thing. I mean, if they call you up uh, two days later and say, Hey, we'd love you to come down. You got it. I mean, that's fantastic. But that, that happens. So it, it doesn't happen often. How do you get yourself to repeat something a second time? Cause I know like, again, I do a lot of business owners and you've got to do your pitch over and over again. How do you do that? The important thing is to let go. It's never the same, you know, okay. you, you do the preparation. And then once you get in there, you let it go and your new moments will hit, will land different, you know, and, and you'll get deeper, you know, as you're moving on in this process, you'll discover certain things, but it takes a trust level and, and the trust is in the preparation. And when you're prepared, you get in there. Sometimes I just say a prayer and, and I get in there and I listen and I, I react and, and it's a lie. It's happening new every time wow. you, you get into trouble when you, when you're too rehearsed and, and you, you, you want to answer before you've actually listened to the person. Um, and a lot of times it's a crappy reader you're dealing with. And, and so you've got to what, be What's a reader to, exactly? I mean, I know what it is, but just for the audience. Uh, a reader is the, is the person who reads the scene with you in the audition. Um, like you're currently right now, Brendan, you're in a boat. Yes. Yeah, that kind of thing. And you're right. on the horizon and there is a shark nearby. Right. And maybe I'm talking to uh, my girlfriend and she, we have to get out of here. Right. Um, and, and you're at home rehearsing for this big audition and the girl, your girlfriend or your friend is reading with you and she gives you all this energy and, and, and she makes it 
you know, easy for you. Cause and she you cares go, about you. Right. Then you go to the audition and the readers on number uh, 89, this is the 89th person he's read all day. Doesn't give two shits about you and probably will skip some of his lines and give you the worst read you've ever, ever had in your life. And as an actor, if you're truly in the moment, you have to turn that anger in into whatever you're working on. I mean, or, or you have to dig deeper to get this person to, to uh, look up from the page. And that yep. takes balls. That takes confidence. That takes the, the courage to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for this person to listen to me. You know, and, and uh, most actors are in a rush for perfection and, and, and for the end of the, the audition. So, so they're, they're nervous. They want to get through it and they want to get through it perfect. You know, when you let all that go, you do the work, you do the preparation, you can go in there and have that experience and live the part. Wow. So basically your outcome is to, to be the part, not really care about your surroundings and you've got to go be you. Right. And, and know that it's the unknown. I don't know how it's going to go down and I can't give, I can't have expectations of how I want this reader to give me this line or whatever. I have to be prepared for, for a lousy read. I have to be prepared for anything, you know, and, and sometimes you're not feeling it yourself, you know, but, but uh, taking pauses and phrasing and knowing what, what, what the important part of the message is in, in the script, you know, most young actors, they're only getting three pages or sides. They didn't even get a chance to read the script. Once you have a pretty decent agent, you'll get the script and you can do all the preparation. But for a lot of kids, they're just getting one or two pages with, with, and they have to create the history themselves going into it, you know, for to, to sit to land within themselves. So what, what makes somebody want to be an actor? Like, like I throw it this way. Like I, I stumbled across what I do and I didn't wake up. I always wanted to help people. And this is the median I do as I talk to people and I do events, different stuff like that. Like what makes somebody or makes you uh, want to be an actor? Like what like literally drives you? There's a million things you can do. It sounds like it's very complicated, like an entrepreneur. Like you got to be, you got to screw loose to be an entrepreneur. I'm just going to tell you. So like what makes somebody like literally want to be an actor to deal with what you have to deal with the rejection the obsession the the highs and lows because i'd love to find out afterwards like how do you deal with you leave at three o'clock in the afternoon then we'll call you in a couple days what the hell do you do for a couple days i know you can work at denny's but what do you do do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah um well there's a magic when you do get that part and you're on set or or uh a scene starts i mean i'll give you an example so so this new show called Cypher. I'm playing the head of the FBI. Hmm. And it, it had been I saw you with the gear on. What did that feel like to put the FBI jacket on? Come on, what did it feel like? It's, it's empowering. I saw your picture. It's amazing. And if not, check out on IMBD. It was really cool, the, um, the FBI gear and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so it had been a long time since I, I had been back. And, and so before the, the whole thing started. Let me hear your FBI voice. Just sound like you're from the FBI. Let me hear it. Michael, I'm going to ask you once, and I'm not going to ask you again. You're going to cooperate with us, or we're going to have a real problem today. Yeah, that sounds FBI. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, I like that FBI voice. Okay. Uh, so, so the moment I got that job, I, I, and I'm on my way to the to the set, I, the joy because it's so hard to get those jobs, man. And, and it's like, man, I weathered the storm. I got here. My eyes were filling up, and then my heart started beating through my chest again. I'm like, oh shit. Do you think to yourself, like, am I going to do a good job? Am I good enough? You know, to... you got to fight all that stuff back. So, so tell me what comes at you. Cause I know for all of us, like I could be doing the same thing for 20 years and it comes in my head. I know how to fight it and how to deal with it, but it comes in like it's old school. It's like from a childhood. Yeah, yeah. It comes in. Am I good enough? Can I really do what I said I was going to do? I've done this a thousand times. 
Uh, yeah, and, and that's really what it comes down to, that last second before it all unfolds in front of you. It's like, hey, man, you're the fucking man. You go in there and you've worked your whole fucking life for this. This is your chance to shine. And you've got to summons all that and be the man. I mean, it, you've paid the price. You're there. And now it's time to let it rip. And, and uh, uh, when you have a great role or something like that, man, it is magic. And, and, and when you're out there doing it, it's so much fun. It's, you're, you're playing make-believe. I'm, I got guns on me. I got these, it's amazing. The audition room is to get the part. And then once you get the part, is it what people think it is or is it just a lot of work? It's a lot of work and it's a lot of, it's a lot of time you spend alone on the set. Some people are friendly. Some people aren't. Um, you're, there's so much downtime too, because you're waiting for them to finish this scene and, and maybe the director decides they want to stay in that location. So they're going to postpone your scene. So you spent the whole day there and you didn't even shoot uh, your scenes. So, um, it, you know, but, but th that's the nature of the beast, you know, but when it's your time to shine, it, it, there's no better feeling. It's like being the starting running back on a great team and, and you're marching down the field and you're, you're, you're inspiring people and I go, I go nuts. I high five all the extras. I get everyone going because it's fun and they're as important as anyone, you know, and I can remember being an extra or being a stand in and like getting the, 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 the treatment like, Hey, Hey, you know, you're, you're second class. It toss out the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, we're all people and, and, and you know that these people are aspiring to be in your position and, and you got to give them, give them the hope and, and, and inspire them and know that, Hey, someday you're going to be right where I am. And, you know, invite a couple of guys into your trailer. It's, it's, it doesn't kill you, you know, and, and uh, it makes the time go by. And, and I, I learned the secret to my happiness is telling people what I need to hear. You know, what do you mean by that? I mean, if you're talking to a young actor, I know what the journey's all about. So, so you know, I reinforce what, what kept me in the fight and I'll, I'll inspire someone. And it, so what kept, well, I got you in the zone. I'm going to cut you off right there. What kept you in the fight? Because instead of even saying that, what kept you in the fight? I want to hear this because this is the part people want to know. It's a tremendous faith. Uh, it's a calling um, because you do, you battle everything and, and everyone tells you no and you can't do this and that and you spend your life waiting for a moment that that may never come. And, and you my whole life is uncertainty, but I'm alive. And and I'm not sleepwalking in comfort and uh, uh, getting paid a lot of money to be comfortable. I don't know when my next job's coming. I don't know how this whole journey is going to unfold. But I have a faith and I have hope. And and that's what keeps me going. And I'm so lucky to be able to do this. You know, not everyone is is blessed with the the gifts to, to do it, you know? So. so do you think being an actor uh, is finding the right parts that fit you and getting a mesh for that or learning how to play a part that isn't you that you learn how to be? Yeah, you know, you create so much of the backstory for, for these characters that um, it's a creative process. So, you know, I, I like to, to use plays as, as a good example, because maybe on, on the opening night when you've got all the critics there, you go out there and you give your, your, your best. And then three weeks down, the, the, the show's running for three weeks and 
you know, no one's there to judge it, but now you've, you've kind of understood the writer and, and things are being revealed to you every night you get on stage that juke that you're like, oh my God, I get what this guy was writing about now. And, and, and if you're working with good people, they're always changing it up. And then you play the game and like, hey, I'm not giving this guy the same reaction I gave him last night. And then you stumble into a deeper meaning of what this writer was really going after. And so from opening night to the end of the run, this thing is completely changed and unfolded in ways you'd never even imagined, you know? And uh, so, so many times these guest starring roles on TV, they, they don't get that deep. You know, you get in there, you do a job. And as a professional actor, you have to know your role. You know, you, you, when you're a co-star, they're not asking you to carry the show. They don't want every, all the big and glamour overacting crap. You know, you got to go in there and give it to them real. And, and that's it. You know, when you finally get to the part where you're a series regular or you're, you're guest starring, you have, you have a chance to, to work with the director. You know, but a lot of it's thankless, you know. Got it. Got it. So, so let me ask you, what is your, as acting as a whole, what has been like the absolute pinnacle of everything that you do? What has been like the number one moment in the entire everything you've ever done acting wise that you could think of or a moment that literally was, I got here, I arrived. This is incredible. The most amazing moment. And it doesn't have to be the best moment, just the most amazing when it felt the most amazing. So, so uh, I actually quit drinking to play a Kennedy. Really? Uh, yeah, there's a director, Michael Carenti. Which uh, Kennedy? Uh, Bobby Kennedy. Okay, Bobby not drink? Uh, no, he's a drinker. Uh, yeah. The director said I was bloated, and, and I, I, he's like, are you a drinker? And uh, I said, yeah. He's like, well, if you want to play this character, you're, you can't come in bloated. And th that's when you know that, that the acting is your thing, you know, because I don't think I could have quit drinking any other way. You know? Wow. And it was a way for me to tell my buddies at the, the club, hey, listen, man, I got a part. I'm, I'm done drinking. And I never went to AA. I didn't anything. But, but it was that important to me that I, I just stopped drinking. And about, I don't know, six months into it, I, I knew I'd never drink again. You know? How long ago was that? Uh, that was six years ago. Congratulations, man. I'm in my yeah. fourth year myself. I just quit like you did yeah. for a different reason. But that's fantastic. And you don't miss it, do you? Not at all. Not at all. The, the only thing that was hard for me was the regret of how much time I wasted being an idiot, you know? Yep. <laughs> Were you a good, uh, you a good drinker? Uh, no, I, I wasn't. I, I think I, I, uh, I had tricks, you know, I had drugs and other certain things that I would use, you yep. know? Um, but, uh, you know, I had, I had this whole thing where I was this actor and, and I wasn't, I was in West Hartford selling insurance, but I was pulling out the SAG card and, you know, convincing every girl in town that I was, you know, still a big, you know, somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you go golfing with your buddies and you hear guys talking about how they used to be professional athletes. And I'm like, you know, they're all full of shit. And then I said, yeah, I'm full of shit too. And, and, and the last thing I wanted to do in my life was be a bullshitter. So, so you were pretending, you were pretending that this is, what I talk about identity a lot. You were pretending to be an actor as an insurance agent. Of course. And I never sold insurance really uh, using uh, insurance. I was always telling guys stories of Hollywood and this, that, and the other thing. And, and, and it was very effective, but uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell anyone. I, I was like, yeah, let me grab your policies. Let me tell you a story about uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know, and it, nope. they, they all want to hear that. Less no than one, zero. I want to hear everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear about, you know, uh, insurance, you know? 
Well, I love it, man. You're, you're doing you're doing big things. And I'm excited about sharing this with people. Just the idea of any any advice you'd give anybody out there that is needing to go to transition or anything in their life. Anything you would just tell them, like if you had 30 seconds, the last 30 seconds you're ever going to say to anybody, what would you say? I would say that change is the only way uh, that you can grow. And to change, you have to make an attempt to 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 alter the way you've been living. And not to get stuck in comfort, not to get stuck in, in old behaviors. You have to be willing to jump. And just by trying to jump will change your life. I love it. I love it. I love the jump. I love the transitions, man. You're, you're playing the part of you. I remember at the end of at the beginning of this Tony Robbins video years ago, Anthony Hopkins came on and said, I played a lot of parts in my life, but the one part Tony taught me how to play is myself. And I will tell you that that is probably the biggest challenge human beings. When you think of the drugs and the alcohol outside of the, the issues that people go through in Hollywood, I would say the biggest problem people have probably is they don't know the difference between their ego and themselves. And when I studied Alan Watts, if you haven't checked his stuff out, check out Alan Watts. He's amazing. Um, I'll send you a really cool audio. And he basically says, if you're smart enough to understand that there's no such thing as ego, you'd have no trouble accepting that you are God, especially of your own world. And if all of us would accept that, whether you believe that you're a child of God, part of God, particle of God, whatever it is that you believe in Scientology, uh, Judaism, Christianity, Catholicism, whatever it is that you believe in, uh, LDS, you'd realize that we all are a piece of this source, this force. That's why Star Wars did so well over the years, that we're all connected and that we're here to serve each other and help each other out. So this is a blessing, man, to have you on. I was super excited to share this. I'm excited to share this with our community. Hi, right, brother. Take care of yourself. Appreciate you. Great stuff. Well, thanks for joining us for the Average Suck Show. And the big question people ask is like, Michael, what is next? And the answer is simple. Get Average Sucks my brand new book and the reason why I want you to have this is if there's things you want in your life and for some reason you've said to yourself why am I holding back why am I not getting what I want I know I'm capable of more this book answers all of that and more so go to averagesucks.com check out all the other stuff on the page got a bunch of bonuses for you get the book read the book and most importantly follow the instructions they're very simple you'll finish this little book in uh, in a couple hours real easy to read and it's going to start showing you how to get more of what you want in this world so averagesucks.com and catch us on the next average sucks show